Hey all, thank you for taking the time to listen to this intermittent episode of the Farmers of Faith podcast. If you've been listening for a bit, then you know that we do our best to help Christian farmers share their stories of what God has done in their farm or their family and their life. Uh, This episode, however, is going to be a bit different, and the truth of the matter is, different seasons sneak up where it's harder to put together a a normal episode. In this case, uh, seeding seemed to sneak up, and all of a sudden we're halfway through it, and I still haven't tracked down someone to talk to. And for that, I apologize. But I want to do more than just make excuses for being late with an episode. So if you'll let me, I want to share something that's been on my mind, and I wonder if it's been on your mind too. For what we're about to talk about, we're going to need the context of that time that Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, and then his disciples walked up and he had a conversation with them. We're not going to read the part where where Jesus was talking to the woman, but that is an important part to keep in the back of our heads as we talk about what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to read from John chapter 4, starting at verse 31. So it says, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. I'm going to stop there, and I would encourage you, if you have a chance today or tomorrow, uh, go read that whole chapter, John 4, and just kind of soak in the whole context of that whole uh, chapter there. It'll play into what we're going to talk about today, I I think. First things first, I I had a chuckle, uh, the imagery of seeding and harvest. Right now where I am, we're in the middle of seeding, and it's almost bizarre to be thinking about harvest in one sense, but in another sense, of course, we're already thinking about harvest. Everything we do now is all with harvest in mind. Uh, so, so there's that. But on a more important level, it's got me to thinking about this time that we're in and what we as Christians should be thinking about it all. Now, I don't know about where you live, but where I am, we're, I guess, still in the middle of this whole coronavirus thing. And it's a very weird time. It's a time where our minds quickly go to, say, the political level. You know, can we trust our leaders or are they trying to pull a fast one? You know, do they truly have our best interests in mind or are they trying to gain more power? Or say, on a scientific level, can we trust the scientists and the doctors because uh, it sure seems that some of them are saying one thing and others are saying another thing, and it gets all very confusing very fast. And then on the top of it, you know, you may have your friends and your family that have differing opinions and different views, and, and so that plays into it too. But I, it's, it struck me a few times throughout all of this. 
I have to admit that I'm not thinking on the level that I should be thinking on. I, I think it's safe to say. Uh, so what is God doing in all of this? And am I aware of the ways that God is preparing people to hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or am I too quickly getting wrapped up in, in the different, you know, political science, da, 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 all of that? Don't get me wrong. I don't think we should be dismissive of those things, but am I getting too wrapped up in that? And so as I was reading this passage earlier in the, the part about where how the, the harvest is ready, the, the harvest, the, the work has already been put in for the harvest to be ready. And, and so that got me thinking about, okay, so how do I need to shift my attentions so that I'm thinking on that level of how does God want to use me during this time to be able to minister to those around me who are maybe looking for that hope that, and they just don't know where to find the hope. Um, it's kind of interesting on the one hand, I think there's a lot of people out there who have had to come to terms with the fact that their life is not as sure of a thing as they might think it is. Uh, so often in, in the culture I live in, in anyway, we do a lot of things to just disregard death, if that makes sense. You know, e even even when people die, we have these fancy little tricks of, of sort of smoothing it over um, and dressing it up so that we don't have to feel it as painfully as, as maybe we should. Now, don't get me wrong, of course, whenever a loved one dies, that hits very hard. But I, I think it's safe to say as a culture, we do our best to try to ignore death. So, so that's an interesting thing that has come out of all of this. I think some people have had to wake up to the fact that their life isn't really in their hands. So maybe that's a way that God is working uh, to wake people up. But anyway, I feel like I'm starting to go down a bit of a rabbit trail, so I'll, I'll try to rein things in here. <laughs> um, the fact that Jesus starts talking to his disciples about the, the fields being white for harvest just minutes after he had had the conversation that he had with the Samaritan woman at the well goes hand in hand. He, he had just been talking to this woman about the living water that is available to her. And when the woman asks Jesus, well, how can I get a hold of this water? <laughs> she says, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty and, and I don't, or I won't have to come here to draw water. And, and Jesus, he, the way that he is able to speak exactly to what is going on in this woman's life and exactly to what this woman is, what she is hoping that her living water will be. Jesus says to her, well, well go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, and, and she said, well, I, I have no husband. And she was, you know, not wanting to let on too much. And, and Jesus says, you're right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. So what you have said is true. That's Jesus' way of saying, well, look, you've been wanting your husbands and this man that you're now with You've been wanting them to be your living water. You, you've been using them as your way to have life to the full, and, and that's just not going to satisfy. So then we think about this day and age. What are people using or doing as their living water? 
lowercase l, lowercase w, if, if you get what I mean. And in what ways are those lowercase l, lowercase w living waters failing them? Uh, I'll call them the not-so-living waters. In, in what way are those not-so-living waters failing them at time after time after time? They keep turning to these things for their hope, but it's just not satisfying I can only help but think that these people are desperately thirsty for the true living water to quench their lives and give them give them a new life. And so that's been on my mind ever since reading this passage earlier today. Can we be on the lookout for the ways in which we can share this living water that we've been given? Can, can we share it with the people around us? And, and it got me to thinking about in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, and to the folks in the grain elevator, and to the guy that comes to deliver the fertilizer. Just, <laughs> of course, that's my... Uh, cheeky way of expanding on the verse. But on the one hand, our lives as farmers can be kind of a solitary life in that our interactions with with folks can be pretty short and fleeting. But then on the other hand, we, we, we do have these chances to build up relationships to the people that we do come in contact from time to time. The guy behind the parts counter or the guy at the grain elevator, or, or, or maybe even your own family members. Maybe you are farming with your family, some of whom don't know Christ. People are looking for that living water. Sometimes they think they've got the living water, and boy, oh boy, that water sure tastes good for a while, but at the end of the day, it doesn't satisfy. The fields are white for harvest. We don't know the ways in which God is preparing the hearts of the people that we're about to come in contact with, but we, we do know that he deeply cares for for every single person that we do come into contact with. So let's keep relying on the Holy Spirit to to guide us as we interact with the folks around us. I hope this is an encouragement to you. I know these are funny times, and, and sometimes it's easy to get tangled up in the weeds, um, but I hope this can bring a little bit of clarity to our, our mission as Christians. I want to say thank you for listening to The Farmers of Faith. Every once in a while, we, we hear from one of you, and it's, it's just so encouraging to hear from you. If you'd like to get in touch, you can visit our website at www.farmersoffaith.org, uh, or you can email us, farmersoffaith at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You'll notice on the website, there's a prayer request page. If you have something that needs praying for, we have a group of people that are, are ready and willing to pray for you. So please feel free to check that out. Uh, until next time, and, and hopefully next time is uh, we'll be able to sit down and talk with a farmer and hear and hear their story. Uh, but until next time, I hope that God will be opening our eyes to the ways that He's wanting us to reach out in love to the, to those around us. Well, thanks. Mm-hmm.